The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Terry Prone is chairman of the Communications Clinic in Deirdre Malumbi, is a pop culture and entertainment expert, and they are here to continue this discussion about the late late. I mean, the obvious question to start with is will you be watching tonight, Terry? No, I've never actually seen a complete <laughs> late late show. Even when I was on it at 13, 70 years ago, um, I never, ever got to see a complete show. I would tend to watch it if I have a client on and I'll watch that bit. Otherwise, no, nothing would make me watch. So you wouldn't, you're not going to watch tonight? No. Even the opening few minutes just to no. see what little, I've, what I've, tone he strikes? Why? Um, unless somebody because you heard Henry there, he's bringing the nation together. You see, no, and he's solving I, all of RT's problems. Uh, well, first of all, the bringing Henry needs to be told that he missed somebody. He missed a presenter. I swear to God, Frank Hall presented the Late Late Show for a whole season. Would you believe he did? It is forgotten, but he has to be added in there. The second thing is this notion that the presenter of the Late Late Show has a wider moral function or some kind of uh, duty to strike a particular note. Look, it's entertainment. It started off as a cheap imitation of uh, the Johnny Carson show. And when they realised that they didn't have enough stars, Mm. Gabo worked it into Current Affairs. Then they did Current Affairs beautifully back in the day before just putting Mr. A against Mrs. B was considered current affairs. That was great. All those issues are now done. And now it's, I find the most interesting thing in the clip that you just played. Yeah. Two words recurring, happy and enjoy. Because if he can do that, if he can come out tonight and be happy, simply happy, enjoy it, not be arch, not be coy, not be knowing, just the fresh guy with the fresh offering. It just might work. Deirdre, will you be watching it tonight? I will be, although to be honest, I'd probably be similar to Terry in that I haven't really watched many full late, late uh, show episodes, particularly of the Tuberty era. Like I very much remember being a little girl and sitting down with my parents to watch the late, late show when it was Gay Byrne presenting and when it was Pat Kenny presenting, but not so much with Ryan Tuberty. I feel like, and this is something that's kind of happened with late night talk shows generally, um, as well as all media really, is that it's become more and more kind of clips driven. You know, it's all about those kind kind of short uh, sound bites or little like virally bits that you watch on the likes of content. Exactly. TikTok and Instagram. And I think that Patrick Kilty um, needs to be very aware of that as the host. And I mean, when it comes to these kind of virally bits, that doesn't necessarily need to be like the funny or the dumb stuff that, you know, where everything goes wrong. You can get the emotional, you know, hard hitting interviews as well. And those have been some of the great interviews on The Late Late Show over the years as well. I think that Patrick Kilty will be able to bring that. You know, he does have this uh, background in stand-up comedy, but he's done the sports, he's done the deeper subjects as well. He's very energetic, he's very dynamic. You can hear his kind of infectious enthusiasm in those uh, clips. And just um, touching on what uh, Terry was saying there about keeping the show happy. I mean, you could even hear in that clip when he was talking about his background in Derry, it never gets too heavy. He's always bringing this sense of levity to everything. And I think that's what the show really needs. So, or that's what it's becoming anyway. Yeah, how different do you imagine it will be from Ryan's Late Late Show. I think that it will be quite different because I think that Patrick 
is going to kind of really lean into that stand-up comedy background and just keep everything kind of very light and very funny and very silly. I suppose he is kind of touching a bit on, say, the, you know, late night talk show hosts that we've seen in, say, the States, because they are very much into that kind of style of presenting, I think. Uh, Terry, um, uh, can I give an example of someone who would had late, late written all over them uh, up until very recently? Tony Holohan has a book coming out, the uh, former chief medical officer. Now, that would have been Ryan Tuberty's bread and butter, absolutely, on The Late Late. He wouldn't have appeared anywhere before he was on The Late Late Show. Big, long interview, heartbreaking stuff, darkest moments during it all. Tony, how did you do it? My God, aren't you a hero? Can we all give Tony a standing ovation? All of that sort of stuff. Um, and, and listen, I, I would listen to an interview with Tony Hola and talking, going back through uh, some of it, and I, and I would... Read some of his book, maybe, not all of it. Uh, <laughs> don't necessarily want to relive COVID. Um, would he be on the new Late Late in your mind? Is the new Late Late a place for someone like Tony Holohan? The answer to that is a marvellous one, which is, thanks be to God, I haven't a clue. Because today we don't know what's going to be on tonight. We do know that they have a sponsor, which is great for them and good news and all that jazz. But we don't know what's on. And that argues a change in direction a sense of we are not going to parade all the names of the people coming up uh, the day beforehand. We'll just open the show and who knows what's going to happen. I always thought that was a strange uh, approach from the former production team or whoever was behind the media and marketing in, in, in the late later in RTE that they would tell us the day before who was going to be on it when it wasn't Tom Cruise. Yes. You know, if, fine, if Tom Cruise is coming up, tell everyone Tom Cruise is going to be on the show. You know, when it's Catherine Thomas or Dahi O'Shea or, and I say with all due respect to them, you know what I mean? People no, I spoke to on this show. Actually, sometimes, no offence to Dahi or, or the other lady, um, there was sometimes a sense of, OK, you, this allows you not to watch. Yes. You know, you're not going to miss anything. I never understood it. I thought it was crazy. The fact is that because Gay didn't even say at the beginning, and later on, we'll talk to Kieran Cuddihy about whatever his mm. sad life. Um, you had to wait <laughs> until the very end because you never knew what the item was going to be at the very end. I think that Ryan is going to be ill-served uh, by the comparison because of the timing of Ryan's departure, because Ryan's last two years effectively were COVID. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that meant that there wasn't the excitement of a live audience often. Okay, yeah. And there was a sort of a preachy, let us all strive to be better Christians kind of thing uh, that COVID drove. Um, And to put that up against the happiness and the ease that seems to be coming from Keelty, that's going to do... uh, Ryan, no favours. The other thing is one of your Vox Pops or one of Henry McKean's Vox Pops said something about um, books being publicised. But that has always been the thing. Um, Tony Holohan may indeed be on because the most exciting new book is has always been Fodder for Gable. I remember um, when I was researching um, for The Late Late Show at one stage, If you agreed to do a book, the bookshops knew that the following day there would be almost queues that on the Monday or whenever it was. It is the biggest seller of books there there is. And there is no reason why it can't be fascinating. I think the problem that your Vox Pop person was talking about 
was over-reverential interviewing of people for too long. Yes. What will make you watch it on week two and week three, Deirdre? What what would you sit down tonight and think, oh God, that was great. See, I I don't know. I I am kind of struggling to think of, um, because I do think that even though, you know, I do think that RT are going to try to bring something different and something new to the Late Late Show, I think that certain things aren't going to change in that it is still going to be probably the big names and the interesting names that are going to be kind of the biggest attraction for me. So it will be interesting to see if if they are going to change their strategy with the week-by-week announcements, particularly with the guests. Um, I think that that's a really interesting point because it was the biggest names, you know, the likes of like, I'm even thinking of um, over the last couple of years, say Liam Neeson and I think Russell Crowe they might have had on and those are the ones that you oh, want pro- to see you know them, by all means <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, it's similar. I suppose maybe they're um, taking a bit from, like, say, the Tommy Tiernan show, which has worked really well in that whole format of um, him not knowing, you know, what guest is going to come on. It'll be interesting to see if they borrow a bit from that, because I know that there was a bit of talk of even maybe having Tommy as the new uh, Late Late Show host. Now, I know that that was like way in the past. But um, yeah, I, uh, to be honest, I'm struggling to say, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to watch week two and week three, because mm. I don't think I will. I think that something's going to need to pull me back. Um, Terry, from RTE's point of view, um, you know, when you look at their own, in RTE television, their own, the horses, the brands they have in their stable, like uh, Primetime, Nationwide, Fair City, struggle to think beyond that, Ear to the Ground. I don't think that's an RTE production, actually. That comes in from outside indie picks. But uh, anyway, whatever else you might include, the late late is still absolutely the stallion in that stable. Isn't it from a brand awareness point of view and a brand value point yes. of view? So to really butcher this uh, metaphor, how important is it from RTE's point of view that that stallion can still go out and win races? I would have thought that from internal morale point of view, for starters, that RTE needs a win. It needs something to be proud of. It needs to look and say, we can do a beautiful set. We can pick the right guy. We can prep him right. Look how cool he was. And we know how to line up contrasting items that can intrigue and entertain people who never planned to watch the whole thing through. So the internal reaction is important. The second thing is that externally it sends a message that mm, it hasn't lost its marbles. It knows what it's doing. Mm. It is a crucial programme at this point uh, for Kevin Backhurst for everybody, a sense of, okay, let's steady the ship to mix your metaphor. I'm I'm not so hot on stallions, but let's steady the ship with this, this unit, this thing that we do that we've always done. And let's prove to people that we can still do it really well. Are we all guilty, Deirdre, of... Uh, exaggerating the importance of the late late on the cultural landscape. I'm, you know, the, so about half about. a million people will wa- watch the late late, kind of give or take. Now there'd be a lot more tonight, but that's kind of where Ryan's figures hovered around that, and and they're hugely impressive. Half a million people to tune in. Mm-hmm. It always strikes me it means about four and a half million people are not watching the late late on any yeah. given night. Like uh, even their most popular, the Toy Show. That like the, here on News Talk, we do it. This show, we do it. We're guilty of it. We lean into the toy show. We talk about the toy show in advance. We talk about the toy show on the Monday after the toy show has been on. And yet, 80% of the population don't actually watch the toy show. A million people do. Four million people do something else. 
sometimes I think we kind of lose the run of ourselves a little. I find that so fascinating because I was literally just about to bring up the Late Late Toy Show because I would consider the Toy Show more of a cultural institution than uh, the Late Late Show itself. Um, I will still be tuning into that every single year. That is, for me, something that I still sit down with my family. Like, it's funny, I have four younger siblings. Even the youngest now is just turning 18. So there are no children. We have no excuse to still be watching the Toy Show year upon year. Uh, but we absolutely will be doing that. The Late Late Show, not so much. It's it's very much changed from being this thing that, you know, the family sits down and watches all together. And I think that when it comes to, you know, um, certain institutions, that's what it's all about. It's all about gathering. It's all about consuming it all together. I mean, media in general is more kind of, you know, disparate and segmented than ever before. So, I mean, can we, you know, associate that kind of um, importance with any TV show anymore? I don't know, because... I think that, like I said, mm. audiences have become too fragmented by now. But I suppose I want to be like the Toy Show is amazing because I love it so much and I have that personal connection to it. So, Terry, what is the cultural import of The Late Late Show today? The Late Late Show ultimately changed Ireland. It really did. But that is an Ireland to look back on that today's potential viewers don't know about and don't care about. Today's potential viewers um, always assumed that you could be gay or straight or trans or anything else. And that was just it. Whereas in the early days of the late late, it was radically different. Mm. And the late late was one of the catalysts that changed Ireland. But there is a space, I think, a liminal space between current affairs programming And the kind of programming that would allow The Late Late Show to look at the things that people are frightened of now. And people are very frightened. They're frightened of racism. They're frightened of AI. They're frightened of a whole lot of things. And when they see those things dealt with on current affairs television, it tends to be ritual, one politician against another politician. I think there's a gap. For the Late Late Show to examine things that people have hopes and dreams and fears about in a way, in a different way to the way that it did it 50 Le- years ago. Less debates and more conversation. Absolutely. Conversation and that in, counts. You know, where have I heard that model? Don't reduce this to tiddlers. <laughs> um, but with people who have insight and excitement and who become famous because they were on the Late Late Show rather than the easy imports of famous people. All right. But then I wonder if, you know, with regards to kind of looking at like current affairs and kind of more, you know, deeper conversations, are people even turning to late night talk shows for those kind of conversations anymore? You know, I think that those conversations are having more so are happening more so on radio or on podcasts. I think that late night talk show is where people go for like entertainment and celebrity and for those kind of for that kind of media consumption. Now, that's what I would think. Yeah, yeah. I know the podcast yeah. space is, allows for kind of a two hour conversation yeah. about um, about a single issue like that, that you, you don't get on uh, kind of sponsored television or radio, uh, indeed, for that matter, which means we're out of time. Uh, Terry Brown, Chairman of the Communications Clinic, dear to Volumbi Pop Culture and Entertainment Expert. Thank you both. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.